Good afternoon, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of Cannon Talk. I'm your host, Mornay, and my co-host as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Um, I'm not sure what to feel, you know, first good result and then bad result. Kind of like the Arsenal we know, you know, getting our hopes up and then dashing it the next week. Yeah, I mean, of course, two uh, back-to-back friendly setup for the Gunners. Uh, the first game up was against Charlton last weekend. Well, last, yeah, early in the week. Uh, it was a 6 0 drubbing that we gave them, but um, I, mean, I, I don't think we could have also taken too much into you know context with the game since look, both teams came almost like in from cold with a a game organized really at kind of short notice, and uh, you know the game ended now with six 0 uh, us running out six 0 winners. Uh, Lacazette, uh, Aubameyang, and Ketia Hattrick and Wallach saw us on our way. Yes, um, I actually, I don't know if you saw, like, I obviously didn't see the whole game, but I just saw, like, the highlights or snippets of it. But, like, it seemed like Arsenal were trying the 45 quite a lot, like, trying to break down the flank and then, you know, trying to eat the ball back to try to, you know, eat, eat goals from the edge of the box. I think it was Charlton's keeper who was making a heck of a lot of saves mm-hmm. with us trying to make that move. So, I don't know if that's potentially something new that Arsenal's trying to add to the game. And also... um. We've already touched on the next game. It's like kind of where we play the long ball to the striker. He kind of always knocks it to the oncoming player from midfield. I mean, uh, look, our goals in that game was, you know, like really cl- clinical. Because, I mean, uh, Lacazette and Aubameyang goals especially were like, you know, two, cracker, two crackers of a goal. And then, I mean, uh, with Nketiah again, the showing in his sort of... Um, you know that, that, that finishing in the within the uh, six yard box and the box on, in the box. Yeah, so I mean he was doing finishes like that, and I mean Warlock, as well like his trademark now that outside of the box or long range, long range efforts, and then we move on to, you know, we just touch on our Brentford also. Um, oh. you know, we, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I would, you know, we also get the speeches because. It was like a game of two halves because you, you watch, I mean, like, if, like even at the extended highlights when you watch that, Arsenal, of course, totally dominated that game. Uh, you know, like with it for, with it, especially the, the first 11, because I still recall when I, I sent you the message, you still asked him about, you know, was full strength and whatever. And I told you, look, first half was full strength, and then the second half, that was when Arteta started making the, you know, the, the rotations, because I think he, you know, made a complete, um, you know, f- uh, 11, you know, sort of full 11 for the second half. And I think that is, in a way, where we also lost our way because, yes, I know it's just a warm-up game, you know, to feel our, ourselves into the, the, the first Premier League game of the season uh, after the Corona break. But, I mean, when I think of, of the sort of chances that, that we gave, Char- uh, sorry, Brentford, and I mean, uh, Mart, Emilio Martinez. Oh, my word, yeah. Performance in goal. I mean, it, it just shouts out for, you know, getting in a stronger number two. Yes, it was just a friendly, just a warm-up. Or played more in, in, in like, say, a pre-season type of, of, of vein. But, I mean, the, the one, I mean, like, if I, just offhand now, the, the, the first goal of, of Brentford, he's almost like on his own just already allowing that, that, uh, that player of theirs to rocket the ball into like passes near post and into the roof of the net, and then of course that, that second one I, I kind of lost my train of thought there. 
how that you know unfolded. But I mean, for me, the third one was also another calamity because he, it reminded me of the defeat when we lost against uh, when we played Sudnet lost in that League Cup game where we won seven five against Reading. We I was he, thinking he, of that. We, he does this unnecessary punch and then he ends up <laughs> into his own net. Now this one again, he tried to do some acrobatic, you know, launch. The ball beats at the post and it, it kisses the other post and it goes in. And I'm, Jesus, what is this a show? But you have to also look at, you know, besides his performance, and, you know, we have spoken about it. I know I praised him the start of the season, probably and during preseason, saying he looked a bit commanding in the box. I was hoping maybe he would have given Macy a chance as well. But, you know, going going back to Martinez, it, it just seems like, you know, we, we, we spoke about how we need a number two. And I think that shows it. Obviously, you know, you can't, you know, just it's just a, a warm up before the se- back to the season resume. But also going back, you know, to those goals, it's a lot of typical Arsenal individual errors that leads to the goal. I mean, David Luiz <laughs> trying to maroon forward gets caught to the ball in the midfield. You know, leads to a goal. Like is it? You know, trying to control the ball, being fancy back towards goal, few meters from his box. You know, goal, yeah. and then you know Maitland Niles as well gets caught. So, you have to, uh, you know, are Arsenal learning from their mistakes? I mean, if if Arsenal, you know, come with the same attitude, I'm not saying they're going to, but that plays into kind of Man City's hands, that way you lose the ball in midfield, the brainer and co drives forward with you. So, you know, Arsenal need to learn from this performance. I mean, they were clinical as well with their goals. I mean, like I said, again, with a lovely goal. And I think... I don't know if it was the, this game or the Charlton game where Martinelli almost had a Dennis Burkham type esque when he flicks it around the defender and almost gets the end of it. But, you know, attacking wise, we showed some promise. But as always, the middle and the latter part of the, I mean, the latter part of our midfield and the defense, I mean, leaves a lot to be desired for. Yeah. And I, of course, I mean, like uh, this morning, I believe. Um... There was an interview with uh, Mikol Arteta and I think Alan Smith was also there. And they were now asking him about, uh, like they were asking Arteta about, uh, you know, with the planning you now with the upcoming games and that. And, and they were also like, uh, you know, running down our, our fixtures. And um, you remember when we still were talking about early on in the season about, you know, where it could be tricky. I think it was probably a month before the lockdown took place or a few weeks before the lockdown took place. And we're talking about, you know, sort of tricky uh, remaining fixtures we still had. And I mean, I think Ateta actually made also a point today where, uh, which I actually thought was quite valid and uh, it's quite a good point he, he, rose, he uh, made. When he said, you know, with us playing, I think, three away on the bounds and just to play, you know, almost like in an empty stadium, I think it could, I mean, look, I'm not saying, yes, we're just going to go there and get the points or whatever. But I just think it, it kind of evens the playing field if, you know, even with three on the three away games on the bounce, just to have, like, no fans in that stadium. So Yeah, we all know Arsenal don't do well in the stadiums are rocking. Yeah, because I, like, my train of thought is also going down the lines with, with Man City. Yes, Man City is a quality side. They were the a top manager. But I just think if, if that Etihad was, like, you know, rocking, then we would have had, you know, almost like made really, really heavy weather from it. But now at least it gives almost like some sort of uh, glimpse that we, we, we could maybe get something or try to get something there. 
I know a lot of people um, complain about the Emirates being a library, so maybe Arsenal will be used to playing with a quiet crowd or empty stadium. Yeah, I mean, I think that for us as fans also, I think that we also, like, uh, you know, I wouldn't say like a foot of the, or what's it, the hand, hand break off, but I just think we'd be a bit more relaxed watching this game now come uh, Wednesday. But I mean, like, as we now lead on to the, the build-up, uh, any key players you think for Arsenal for that game? Oh, that that you know it will make a difference for, for us against City. I think it will probably be like Obama Yang will have to be. I think um, Martinelli. I mean, if we, if we play Martinelli, I don't, but he would for me be a danger man. But Pepe mm-hmm. as well. He's gonna have to cause some trickery if he plays on the right hand side. Obama Yang, and I think like I said, the three are front three basically for me will need to be on point and then. Our defense as well. I mean, I don't know if we're going to go with Pablo Marie and, and, and David Luiz at the back. You know, what's the planning there? But our back line has to be in sync as well. Because if anything, David Luiz does whatever he does, like, you know, we, we could be in trouble. But my three guys would be the the trident to, who could probably cause damage in the game. And your side? I was just thinking, you know, when you look at, at the, the past, not two games from, like, from what we saw, yeah, Reese Nelson even has a shout because he was actually contributing a hell of a lot on the flanks, like, you know, getting crosses in, driving us forward on the right where, you know, normally uh, Pepe is. So, I mean, I just wonder if, if they're going to do something like it where if he's not, if, if Arteta's not happy with uh, Pepe, then he'll maybe give Reese Nelson a nod on the right and still let Aubameyang stick outside left and then have Lacazette down the middle but I still think Aubameyang does more way more damage if he's if you play him up front as you know the main striker because I just think if if I mean I, I don't know also what what the mindset is of Lacazette I mean he's also been a topic of discussion for quite a few of our podcasts about his concentration levels and and, and things like that so I just wondered which path do we go down then yeah I I know I said like it's a key player, so like you know I would want him in the team. Maybe there's two games that's given him a vote of confidence because it's a long time since you know we've been played. So it's almost like all those and misses are at the back of your head now. You're not thinking about it anymore. It's out of your head. So I think you know maybe stick with 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 Lacazette. But I do get your opinion of if it is Nelson, you know can maybe cause damage, but I'm thinking maybe Reese Nelson also can, if Arsenal can hold the game at 0-0 or be still in it 1-0 behind or 1-0 up, you can bring a guy like Reese Nelson on as well to cause damage or bring Reese Nelson for Pepe to start. Another option, not actually an option, but other one of the, it also like leads now from this whole talk of, of you know, the, the pre-match build-up, it also leads on to with Cedric now at the moment, I don't know if you saw there's some article that's also floating around about Arsenal. Look, he's he's not played any competitive football now for us yet. Trained like completely with the squad and everything. But it's almost like I think Arsenal have to make a decision the next 10 or so days or else he will have to, like, oh, he has to leave in end of June. As a free transfer to wherever, or does it like become a free agent, or or like does he 
is his loans ending and he goes back to Southampton. Look, I think look, he's his career at Southampton is just about over. So I think then he just becomes a straight free agent and gives him, of course, the opportunity to, you know, find whichever club he wants to go to. But but I think my concern is just uh, you know, there's a lot of promise to, to, to his game and like I didn't really take note of it before, but look, he was also very much highly thought of in the Portuguese national squad even. So I, I just think to myself, I mean, at, at least having see somebody of that quality to maybe turn up the heat a bit on Bellerin, get something, you know, extra out of Bellerin as well, which could be beneficial to both players. And he has a good free kick on him as well. Something sometimes we miss in the, the Arsenal team, even though we have Pepe and a bombing, but I mean Cedric does give you that that bit extra as well. And I mean, who knows? Like you said, healthy competition can do the trick because you've seen what happened at Arsenal when players become complacent. And Bellerin at the moment hasn't, you know, mm. set the world alight, even though he seemed a bit promising in the pre in the preseason, in the pre Corona restart. So with regards to the Man City Arsenal game, what formation do you think we would go or what would best suit us for this game? Straight back four or back three? No, I would go back four. I just don't trust a, a back three at this point. Um, I would maybe go back four and maybe try to kind of get bodies in the midfield. So I don't think I would be putting Ozil in this game. Um, I think you try to get like your Guendouzi, Torreira, and maybe as between Warlock has performed well or like. Do you bring Shaka in or do you bring Warlock in or do you bring Warlock for Gwendozi? Because Warlock seems to be able to drive the team forward, but you're going to need someone who's going to get their foot stuck in because City's the type of team, if they turn position over against you, they are going to overrun you. And we can't have cases of uh, all our players hanging forward. People need to get stuck in. If you lose the ball, you're going to have to, you know, put in tackle. So I'm hoping to back for that kind of got to flood with the midfield. Three, like you know, four, five, one, but like with yeah. the three, no attacking, and then a bombing, and either Pepe or Nelson on either side to do attack work, and then like I said up front for me. But it's important that we win the midfield battle because that's where if City if City overrun us there, you know, if we lose the ball in the middle of the park, they turn you over. There's no cover from the midfield for the defense. You can be two 0 down in the first ten minutes in this game. So would you then rather? play a sort of game where you just try to frustrate for the first 20, yes. you know, like 4-5-1, and then you start all, like, you know, alternating certain players. Yes, I, I, I would try to, I know it sounds a bit negative, but at yeah. this point, I would try to kind of keep Arsenal in the game as long as possible. Kind of like you saw at the Etihad, was it 2015, when we beat them 2-0? Yeah. We kind of came there with a, with a more, like, defensive approach, and we actually hit City with a free kick and a penalty. I mean, you know, you, you take that. So, Arsenal just need to... I don't know if Arteta will take that same approach, more pragmatic, or is he going to go there and say, OK, we're going to do this for this bit, but then we're going to play our game. I don't know. How do you see this panning out? I mean, immediately, I'm, you know, as much as I told you last week, I'm relaxed, so, you know, so... <laughs> But now when you start thinking of what they have to throw at our defence, and if you see already how the ball got flicked around David Luiz in that uh, Brentford game, and then you think, look, they're going to probably have people like Sergio Aguero running down the middle, 
uh, Bernardo Silva out on the right side and Raheem Sterling on the left. Yeah. And, look, I'm not sure also how fit Leroy Zane is, which is another headache to deal with. But I just think if, if we can, as you said now prior to this about that, if we can win that battle in the middle of the park, it sets up everything in the game because the minute you can, uh, you know, break up play, frustrate, and keep, say, somebody like Kevin De Bruyne quiet and, and almost like rob the, the rest of that pack in that middle middle there of, of the ball or position or, you know, just, like, as I said, frustrate or just, you know, just end up like hacking the ball out, almost like a somewhat negative play in the middle of the park just to annoy them. Because you do know sometimes they do lose their heads or they cool somewhat and then you can, you know, uh, lay the hammer down on them. And you must remember, like City at the moment, like for top spot, they basically far out of it. So if you frustrate them and they might lose their head and like try to push Kang out to somewhat stay in the title race, even though it's like a losing battle. But, you know, they might start throwing the kitchen sink and that's mm-hmm. where Arsenal can, you know, maybe bring on the likes of a Martinelli or a Reese Nelson to run at them at the end when they're leaving a lot of gaps. You know, maybe you can do that switch. Maybe you take Lacazette, because he's probably going to work hard trying to hold the ball up. Maybe take a Lacazette off and take Pepe off if it's not working. Like, when he's still 0-0, 60 minutes, you maybe shift the bombing, like you said, in front. And then you eat them with the pace of Martinelli and Reese Nelson. Because, you know, it, it's a scary thought of those two running at you with fresh legs. And you maybe... And a bit... Um, fatigued it's the you come back from a long break so we need to take advantage of that and these youngsters we have now Reese Nelson and um, Martinelli they fearless you know you, you still see that bit of fear with Pepe maybe the price tags on his head so a guy like Martinelli and, and Reese Nelson if they are unleashed on you they're going to take you on and try to show you like you know I deserve my place in this team so Arsenal, for me, game plan, frustrate, frustrate, and try to eat them with your substitutions to attract pace. And I mean, with, with, uh, I think many also forget, you know, with Tierney now fully fit, it now opens up Saka again as another option for the left wing. And then, I mean, we all have seen that kid's capabilities of how he can cause damage. His footwork is so, so, so quick. Passing is always slick. And I mean, his assist uh, rate was also top notch before the corona break. And another point I also wanted to add was um, when you look at, at the makeup of the Arsenal squad now and, and, and you go like say toe-to-toe with, with Man City, I mean, I've, as I said, I fear the, the, the say, the City middle and the attacking line. But I mean, I still fancy our chances against the defence because if you recall, prior to the, the break, City were also shipping goals random, you know, every so often. So I mean, they are vulnerable. They do have a soft spot. Yeah, no, definitely. They're, they're not, they don't have that same city back defense that, that we know of that where they were up and coming and like overtaking the likes of Man United with Vincent Company at the back. It's, they seem a bit more brittle since Company has gone. I mean, he just shows his experience and, and the, the, the head he brought to the back line. That shows that Arsenal's missing a guy like that, but it can also show how pivotal and pivotal it is. And, Underrated. I mean, look at Van Dijk at you know Liverpool. What he's added to the back line. So Arsenal, the, the vulnerabilities are there. But the the thing is, are Arsenal disciplined enough? That's the question. Because you've seen Arsenal. You know, we will give a back pass to Aguero and they'll score. Or 
somebody will get caught on the ball and will score. It has to be a collective team effort now because for far too long, Arsenal allowing individual errors, pretty silly areas, poor decision-making to cost us games when we could have won it if we just kept our heads. So for me, I think Arsenal need to be disciplined now, play smart and you know don't try to do the fancy things that's going to get yourself caught out. Because I mean, it says a lot also of, of when you when you see the the sort of targets that people say is in line for um, you know the summer because uh, you know John Stones is already you know really out of favour kind of just gets games now when um, you know they short at the back somewhat then you you know maybe get a, a little run but you do know I mean or Pepper's also been quite clear about it that you know John Stones is not really his favourite so you know it depends who they're going to put out because. Even if John Stones is fit at times, they will put Fernandinho rather in that, you know, slot him rather in there alongside, uh, what's it? Uh, that what's in the back of this? The French guy? Otamendi. No, 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 Laporte. Laporte, yeah. And I mean, look at Otamendi has been quite reckless when he does play, but even he gets at time the nod ahead of, of, of John Stones. Yeah, and Otamendi always has a stellar performance when he comes up against Arsenal as well, because it's like. They can even come with a makeshift defense against us, and somehow they still end up coming out on top. I mean, we had City's number for a bit, you know, a few seasons back. I think just before Pep came and maybe Pep's first season, we took them out in the FA Cup. But I think other than that, you know, it's been all Manchester City there on in. So, you know, fingers crossed that the, the Gunners will. All I'm asking for is a good performance. You know, I'm not expecting. Miracles. I don't expect. I mean, if we go to the Etihad and lose, but we give a performance that we can say, okay, there's improvement. You know, we we, we were unlucky. You know, hard luck. But yeah. if we're gonna go there, come there, first 20 minutes, be reckless, down two, three nil. I mean, you're gonna say same old, same old Arsenal. You can at least say that you want some type of reaction now coming from the Corona break. Um, also, in the news. Uh... With regards to team news and and transfer rumors, there is talk of uh, a twenty-seven million pound offer from Inter Milan for Hector Bellerin. Oh, that, that that hit me! That hit me off guard now. <laughs> oh, it is a tricky. It's a tricky question putting me on the spot here with this. Um, ah, do we let Bellerin go? Ah, you know, I, I always thought you know maybe he could. Be a one saving grace guy that stays there and grows at the club and, you know, maybe takes the armband even. But, you know, maybe the, till the end of the season, I'll be able to give you a more definitive answer. But at the moment, I would possibly take it if he shows the same form that he did from the start of the season till now to to maybe take that 27, close to 30 million and maybe, you know, what's that right back of, of Wolves? Maybe try to fight Wolves with authority. Doherty, yeah. yeah, sorry. Um, I would maybe try to bring him in instead because he seems to be red hot at the moment. So, I, mean, I would possibly try to take him and maybe take the 30 million and then, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> this is probably going to be news to you, but I mean, for me, I think the we, 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 the, the moment we came where I thought, okay, we can't let him go was when I saw him, he was just, I think, a few months before he was now starting to get into training again. And he was busy um, moderating a photo shoot for the Arsenal ladies when they gathered some contract with the suits. And, he, you know, like, he was the one, like, telling them how to pose. And, and I mean, 
point on, I, honestly, I couldn't take it really serious. <laughs> See, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm sure you uh, also fans can also find it. It's, I think he's on YouTube where he does this, but he's like, you know, almost like the old guy organizing this thing. You know? <laughs> Dude, stay in the gym, get fit, get fast again. The irony of, uh, like, the, you know, normally the, um, the, there's the woman who is like doing the, the for the photo shoots, but he's more worried about that than, than they are. They they focusing on the game and he's uh, busy on the doing photo shoots instead of like you said in the training room. So yeah, I, I don't know. Um, like I said, I'll have to see till the end of the season. But if you can get me that Wolves right back, I would do a swap for you. So um, we're having the game now on. Wednesday evening against Man City. Then, following that, we have then the away game, like one of our, the first of, gosh, like about three or four away games in a row, because I, I know the one is also the Sheffield United tie, that the FA Cup tie that also has to be played, which is away. So, we've got Brighton then on next, uh, next Saturday. And then, following that, we have then Southampton in a, on a, a midweek game on the Thursday evening. So yeah. For me, um, it's a, it's a six points is a must. I mean, I'm I'm counting City as a bonus game. I know it sounds negative, nice. but I mean, seven points. You know, I'll, I'll take your hand, fight your hand for seven points. But six points, I think, is maximum. I mean, now's the time. Now, Arsenal, all they can do is rack up points. Uh, if if we rack up all the points and we, you know we we maybe drop a point here and there, two points here and there, or three points here and there, you know you, you can say okay, I understand it's, it's it comes with it. But if we can rack up as much three points as possible and set mini targets for ourselves, so now this next three games you mentioned is possibly for me six points and progressing to the FA Cup semi-finals. I mean for me. I'm yeah. very happy with that. You know, I understand Man City away from home. You know, when ninety percent of teams don't come away, don't come there with get away with it with anything. So, you know, maybe we can use the Man United blueprint against them, eat them on the counter like that. But you know, six points and a FA Cup semi final for me, I'll shake your hand. I'll actually bite your hand off for that. But I mean, if if you take in consideration also with you know since Arteta's reign. He's actually converted the Arsenal team to a squad that can actually eke out, you know, results. They can, you know, at, at times, yeah, it, it, it looks heavy, heavy weather on the eye. But, I mean, he's, at the moment, he's managed the squad quite well for me so far. And, and just that, that sort of steely edge he's now brought to us where we were, you know, a really soft touch in the, the, the especially the, the latter part of Emery's uh, reign now. We... You know, almost like Arteta was the SOS guy. So I just wonder if if this could also be, you know, beneficial to us where you have that guy with that sort of mindset. And as you said, the, the City game is more like a bonus, but, you know, you try to get that, especially from the the Brighton game and the Southampton game, you try getting maximum points there then. Yeah, so anyway, I'm not saying we're going to get Champions League football since we know and know exactly what's yeah. happening with that whole thing with fifth place now. I mean, it seems like the world's forgotten about, you know, Man City and what happened there with that old finances issue. But, you know, all, all, all we can do now is win and 
for me, kind of, you know, look towards next season. You know, if you can get the Steele FA Cup and um, trophy in that, I mean, Arsenal fans will be ecstatic. Getting silver with Arteta, maybe giving a Bamiyang a trophy, you know, maybe him realizing, okay, maybe, you know, one more season, two more seasons at Arsenal. So, you know, it, it, it just comes down to consistency now and taking it game by game. I mean, we can't say now, oh, yes, we need to end top four. It's like a batsman scoring that 100 almost, you know, 10 runs in the next 10 runs in the next 10 runs. I mean, we must take it in batches of games, like the games you mentioned now, six points in the FA Cup semi-final. You know, I'm happy with that. Because I just think, like, us as Arsenal fans, yeah, the, the result now is important, but I think we need to just kind of, you know, have the league table almost like in our peripheral vision, not really take note of it. Just see that the, the squad itself, you know, are doing the job on the pitch. Yeah, like, you know, I know it might be difficult, but, you know, if Arsenal, you know, should go down against Man City in a, maybe in a, you know, they put all the cards on the table, they played hard, you know, gave their all, and we go down, I think Arsenal fans, you know, won't be pissed off, but I think we will get the reaction from fans is if Arsenal go there and they just roll over, like, same old, same old Arsenal, individual errors, mistakes, and then we, we roll over, I think, us as fans will probably look at it and think, you know, where's the season going? The season, like, you start looking at the table then. But if you start rolling your results, giving good performances, getting the points, you you start, like you said, you know, you will maybe say, okay, you know, build on this for next season and, you know, things could look promising. But the one thing that does concern me, and I know it's probably a bit of rumours, but you're seeing a bit of the other clubs looking a bit more busier than Arsenal in the window for the so-called summer now. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, Chelsea's even planning on signing that Berners from um, Red Bull Leipzig. Is this true or is this just speculation? The thing is that uh, I think the, the release clause, I don't know if there's a few million difference at the moment, but, you know, the talks, are, I mean, it looks more likely that he's going to be a Chelsea player than, you know, than him not being one. Because, as I said, I, you know, unless somebody comes in with a real late or last minute sort of, you know, uh, poaching job when the season ends. I mean, I honestly, I, I do see him in blue. As, as someone who, who, who keeps an eye on the Bundesliga, you think Arsenal maybe missed a trick there, you know, if you had to say, OK, we will sell Aubameyang, but we will bring him in. Do you think he's someone who could have filled the shoes? Or do you think he's too much of a central player that we wouldn't be able to utilise like I said? If we had to sign him, I mean, uh, like from what I've watched with him, and he plays with with, with um, Yusuf Paulson up front for Red Bull Leipzig, he sometimes he's willing to play in the, in the you know play off the the main forward. But I mean, if you set him free as a midfield, if you you know thread him at a through ball, and he's onto it, I mean, you can forget it. I mean, his turn of pace is so quick, and he normally more often than not he's nipping in the you know the the advancing keeper as well. You know, even if he take, takes the heat or whatever. And then, I mean, the one thing that has concerned me, I don't think I really talked to you much about it. Um, you know, of course, there's this whole rumor with Upamakano and us, uh, you know, that, that rumor where they would like him as some sort of, uh, almost like a long-term replacement in defense or as a prospect for us. Yeah. You know, what I've noticed, especially like with the, uh, even the latter part of, of or just before that, that uh, Corona break, and now with the commencement again of the Bundesliga, he's looked really, really sluggish. I mean, oh. I, when I when I see that, and I'm thinking to myself, 
are Arsenal really willing to take that sort of gamble with, you know, in excess of like 50, 60 million or even 70 million for somebody like that? Because there's certain things that he does where, you know, uh, they've got the right back now filling in as a centre-back. And that, I think his name is Klosterman. And that guy has been covering Upamakana's backside game after game after game for either misjudging balls or pulling a David Luiz, you know, running, you know, <laughs> one of that gun runs forward, then he loses it. And then, I mean, luckily, since that guy, you know, that, that Klosterman guy, he plays as a, as a, um, as a fullback as well, so he's got that turn of pace. He knows, like, you know, to track back. And I mean, the amount of times he's like saved, he's bacon. And at times, look, Upamakano is normally somebody that that he's like the you know the main guy in defense. But there was this guy, um, I think Willie Orban, who was also one of these the top center backs, who's been like injured out for quite a while. And he's actually now the last few matches he's been the one. You know, coming in, almost like seeing out game, or yeah, seeing out games so Leipzig. You know what, Leipzig also struggled with, with performance. I, I, I know I've been following the results and they have been leaking in goals and, you know, getting probably, I saw a silly red card as well. So, you know, it's it's not, looks like, it doesn't look like um, getting him in will just kind of fix Arsenal's defensive problems. I think it's more than that. I think we need somebody that, you know, if you're going to spend that amount of money that you mentioned, you need, he needs to bring to his, his part like a, a Van Dijk does or, you know, Vincent Company, but it's just very difficult to find those kind of centre backs around. But I mean, look, so we, I think we, Upamakano is kind of like a headache. It's like, you know, that, that, that uh, the talent is there straight up. I mean, he's, you know, quite highly rated, but I just think he needs, you know, you can't just tell him, look, you're going to have to marshal this defence. Because I think that is where you have that. You know that, that the rawness of his, uh, you know, his playing style, and it, look, he's only twenty-one, but it's like you're already putting that almost like a Tony Adams type of uh, weight on his shoulders. Then the way I think, uh, you know, mentally, you need say somebody like a, I want to say Socrates, but you know, somebody of that <laughs> got you know the years in his legs that can now play alongside him and tell him, look, you don't need to go forward that much. You can rather just stay back and help pick, you know, cover you at the at the back. I see uh, Thiago Silva's out of contract for PSG. What do you think of bringing him into the club and partnering oh, him with, with, with David, so, Silva, David Lewis? My, my heart started sinking <laughs> because he's already, like, he's barely getting some game time. He's more injured than anything at PSG. So, I mean, why are we taking sick notes again? <laughs> no, we just spoke about today, eh? but, you know, that's Arsenal at the moment. You know, I, I don't know. That is a valid, it's not like just, uh, you know, just. Uh, football talk. Uh, this is a strong, strong rumor from most of the media outlets, even in France and, and the UK, that, that Thiago Silva is like an option, being especially with him being a free transfer. So, but what do you think? Maybe being him being a, like a kind of a mentor to, to, um, kind of you know, I don't know, could his English because maybe that could also be a bit of a problem. But you know, to the younger guys, do you see him as a centre back that people could learn from in the Arsenal nah, team or? I just think they are going to be Mr. Trick because the Thiago Silva of, was he at AC Milan, right? AC Milan, yeah, before you went that, to PSG. That was now the peak when you had to bring something like that in. The same can be said with say, David Luiz, where he was actually doing like more of an impact player for for Chelsea earlier on, or when he was even at playing at, at his peak at, at PSG, and at, or Benfica even. 
But they can be Mr. Trick. Now it's like the letter, it's almost like when the players are in here and so on, some of the careers now, we want to bring them in. How does that help or work out? Yeah, you you have to look at it. I mean, you know, Thiago Silva, at, at, I know he left PSG for big money, but if Arsenal had to come in before, I mean, you know, AC Milan, no disrespect to AC Milan, but they started, you know, falling a bit to the yeah. wayside at one point at that time. I mean, I mean, Arsenal could have taken, you know, maybe even Koshal, and he could have formed a, you know, yeah. top relationship together. You have your centre-back sorted out. I mean, Mertesacker falls in as the number three, if need be. Then you have, you know, you sort out your midfield, but it's like, Arsenal are so, and it's frustrating because you know there's two or three quality players away from from brilliance. I mean, I know you had then um, Thiago Silva with Koscielny in his form, you know, Rams is on top form, you get him a proper defensive midfielder, you have Ozil to play his game in front of them, and then you have, you know, Alexis Sanchez, you know, get another striker with Giroud, and then your left-hand side, I mean, your right-hand side, sorry, needs a bit, just a little bit of attention because Sanchez was on the left. But, you know, you are a few players away, but you have to take the cheap route all the time. And look how it, you know, Thiago Silva, we're going to sign him when he's 35 now. I mean, you know, it's... it's I don't know, like, why not sign these players when you have the opportunity to? And, you know, you can would see probably more silver we at the club, you know, and better Champions League probably... Um, how we would progress instead of the last 16 <laughs> every time. We've always missed the trick because when, when I, I think a few weeks back, Jens Lehmann and even Gilberto were talking about, I, I think there was even an article with, with Vieira where he also felt Arsenal broke up that team and the defence too quickly. And it's like you threw, in, you, you threw in those people that either they don't know the true, you know, the, 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 the feeling or the principle of what it is to, to play for a club like Arsenal. I think you, this is something you also mentioned a while back. It was like, you, you need that person to also have that everything must be in the, almost like in the DNA or ingrained yeah. when you want to be, could, you know, be at Arsenal. But for me, it's almost like we've had more cases of journeymen. You're 100%. You know, it started at William Gallas, you know, when you got, you got rid of um, Ashley Cole to bring in William Gallas. Then William Gallas became, you know, Arsenal's Sent it back with Colo Torre. And then we shipped out Colo Torre for William Gallas. And like it's almost from there we signed Mikel Salvestre as well. From and even the, look, sorry to interrupt, but even Lasana Tiara, we get him in. We can't even really get the game in at Chelsea. And then that's also another thing that, that flounders. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, you look at it and ask yourself, you know, like the signings we're taking is the cheap route. How many times is the cheap route? You know, it's like you fix a car with <laughs> with cheap parts. <laughs> the car breaks down or like you buy something from Cash Crusaders or something. It's going to break. But, you know, instead, you know, you you get the, the latest thing, you know, if you spend a bit extra on it. Now Arsenal are going to catch up to this extra spending. They spent 30 million on Mustafi, but they wouldn't spend 30 million at the time on Thiago Silva. You know, that's, you know, where <laughs> does this all make sense? And I mean, I think what, what made me worry also is like, look, how we bought Pepe is like we, we bought him, <laughs> we, we paid without like a debit card, like we pay every every couple of seasons, we'll pay something. Because even if, if he should just say, I'm not saying it's going to be, because I mean, I would like him to also be a success at Arsenal, but just say we end up say selling him or whatever. It, it's like you're still paying off a play that you don't even have on your books anymore. 
if like you know, just say you should not go say after a season or a season and a half, with with a sort of breakdown of that payments, so obviously that that whole thing was going to be done. You would be paying probably still the next two three years for him. Oh, it's 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 my heart actually thinking about it actually and thinking how many players we missed out over the years. I mean, I don't know which player was it. Was it Rio Ferdinand or I don't know? Somebody said like you know. Arsenal may keep on making the same mistake, you know. Instead of signing the players on a four-year extension, then you have control. They do this three-year, two-year extension, and then you end up, you know, sitting <laughs> sitting on your hands when the player doesn't want to sign a contract anymore. So, you know, things need to change. I know we've spoken about it till we are blue in our face, but, you know, somewhere something needs to change. I mean, open up the checkbook for the right players. <laughs> I mean, don't say the money is there to be spent, but then you end up spending on Pepe. No disrespect to him, but we didn't need that type of player at at that particular point. We needed more of a, a centre-back and maybe a defensive, like, you know, hard man or box-to-box guy. But, you know, we're not being paid for, for these top positions at this top club. So, you know, let's see what they have in store. I mean, my final take as we now, you know, round off the podcast, my, my take is still in the summer, maybe just try to get some sort of CEO that can really take us to another level because I just don't see it happening with Raul Salni. You know, as much as I also want him to be a success, but I think there's too much buddy-buddy system going on with, with players yes. in, in where it's all his friends that are, you know, these super agents, and I don't think that's the Arsenal way to go. No, but it's never been our way, and, you know, it's bringing in players that don't play with the badge. You know, uh, you listen to a lot of these um, Arsenal players that's no longer at the club. They speak about Arsenal. You know, look at look at these new players. Peter Cech, you know, no disrespect to him, he was a professional, but he probably doesn't speak about Arsenal. He's, he's forgotten about Arsenal. And, you know, the players that Raul Salnehi wants to bring in or probably do the same. You know, it's not about Arsenal. It's just about trying to make money now before my career ends. Yeah, just a stepping stone as they move on to another level in their career. And I don't think that's the way to go. 100% agree. Okay, so I hope you guys take care. Enjoy the football. It's going to be a football fest already this weekend with La Liga starting this evening as well. So take care, guys. Enjoy the weekend. Bye. Cheers, everyone. Have a good weekend.